We are the Bride Radio as the voice of the true Bride of Christ. bride of Christ to stand up and take your place in the army and the kingdom we recognize our battle is not with flesh and blood but with the principalities and the powers of the air we are a ministry of prayer and we highlight what God is doing through other ministries and ministers across the globe we provide a platform for ministers and a place for the bride to come together and rally around each other, hold up each other's arms, and pray for one another. WATV Radio celebrates the various missions that God has called each one of us to in this army, so we desire to promote and enhance the bride as a whole. Go, bride! Our soon-coming king awaits. This is a WATB disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in this show do not necessarily reflect the views of We Are the Bride Ministries, We Are the Bride Radio, or We Are the Bride Television. Thank you. Welcome to Fireside Chat with Dr. June Knight. That's what we're fighting, okay? Well, this morning, when we ponder uh, what's going on with pornography and uh, sexual perversion, we must think about the gates, Brad. Okay, I wrote this in my book. Uh, I actually should have had my... Here it is right here. <gasps> Let me show you, Brad. I'm not trying to promote my book, but I'm trying to show you how the Lord has already had me address this issue and address many other sexual issues within the church on this book right here. It's called Shut the Gates, Purity in the Bedroom. It is part of the We Are the Bride series. You see up here at the top, We Are the Bride series. And what that is, is it's a series on purity. It's a series on purity, holiness, and consecration. And in this book, I'm going to read you just some of the chapters. It's controversial, but it must be said and must be done. Amen. Within the church. Okay. Your identity. Guard the gates. Purity in the bride. Purity in the bedroom. Examples of sexual sin and consequences. How to shut the gates. Prayer for deliverance and freedom. I'm going to go over here to examples. Let's see if I did a chapter. This was last year. Let's go to chapter 5 here. There's one on homosexuality, unequally yoked, kissing and foreplay, cyber sex, swingers, sharing, masturbation, pornography. What did I say in my book about pornography? This is on page 40. This is most definitely a no-no. It is sexual perversion in all its ways. When you open your eye and ear gate to participate in fornication acts on your television, 
then you have participated in their sin and received it in your heart. And that could also be internet, amen? This will open a wide gate in your marriage. The wife may grow unsatisfied because he does not do it like they do on the video or vice versa. It is also unrealistic. Most of the things you see on the videos are fake. The moaning, screaming, etc. It's all for show. I have prayed with many women who feel so distant from their husband because he wants her to do the things that he sees on the video. It demoralizes the women in so many ways. It's a huge tactic of the enemy to instill evil seeds in the one who watches it. So shut the gates. This is out of my book, Shut the Gates, Purity in the Bedroom. Um, my We Are the Bride series. I think it's number five in the series. Uh, and you can get this at gotreehouse.org. Okay, look, let's go ahead and get started about this pornography and sexual perversion. Because let me tell you something, Bride. <clears throat> when God gave this dream of setting these days aside for these idols, He has a purpose for this. And every morning, He's been given scriptures. He's been given the word, these Bible studies, on how to address this idol. And then He has this team together that we get together every morning after this. And we come together and we pray. And there's like 12 of them. And one of them will say, Well, the Lord told me to say this. And the Lord told me to say this. And the Lord gave me this scripture. And the Lord gave me this scripture. And, and I come against this. And I come against that. And it all fitly joins together like God has divinely placed each member of this team for such a time as this to conquer these idols that have ran rampant in our country. And people are not even preaching against this stuff anymore. You don't hear people preaching against pornography, don't have sex, against homosexuality, against don't drink alcohol, uh, you know, don't smoke, don't cuss. They don't preach all that anymore because it's all about blessings. How can I build up your flesh? We rebuke that in the name of Jesus. All right, let's pray about this Bible study. Now, remember, Bride, I do it out of the King James Version. Uh, this is the Thompson Chain Reference Bible, uh, Centennial Edition, King James Version, Red Letter. I love the Red Letter. This is my mother's Bible. Remember, she passed away last year, and I'm very honored to have her Bible. It's one of these, you know, the little sections and uh, little tabs. Uh, remember, I like to use the King James because I believe that it's the most authentic for English version. Okay, I don't like all the new versions that try to throw in all the other stuff. I like hearing it straight from here. Okay, then when I use this little man here to do our talking, this is from the YouVersion app. The YouVersion Bible app. Okay, so let's all pray and then we will turn to 2 Samuel chapter 11. Lord, we thank you so much for the opportunity to come before your throne this morning and learn from the Holy Ghost this morning. Lord, we pray that our spirits will be open, that our minds will be alert, so that we can receive what the Spirit is saying unto the church today. Lord, we thank you for correcting, molding, shaping, and purging us into the men and women of God that you have called us to be. We thank you that you are maturing us into the mature sons and daughters. And Lord, we want to be corrected. We want to be uh, you know, shown the right path so that we can live a righteous and holy life 
before your eyes and fulfill the mission that you have called us to, Lord. We thank you and give you praise for what you're going to release to us this morning in this Bible study. And Lord, I just want to start us out saying we repent on behalf of this idol of uh, pornography and sexual perversion. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Bride. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to pull this up about this idol. And I'm going to tell you exactly what it is that we are tearing down today in the spirit. This team, when we get together, we tear down these idols. We feel like we're in unity, perfect unity. And we come together in the spirit in the mornings. And we go to the throne room and we address these things. And we feel like we have God's. 100% attention. You just feel his presence right there all over it. Okay, here we go. Idol number 34. According to one survey, over 68% of pastors are now watching pornography. This is another indicator of how sick the church is in America. We have strayed from our first love on a critical level. Today we repent on behalf of the body of Christ participating in this idol of lust illicit sex, voyeurism, homosexual acts, incest, any sex outside of the marriage bed to include bestiality, masturbation, swinging, sex clubs, sex shops, etc. Forgive us for anything or anyone in the body of Christ who participates in these seductive activities. This also includes having sex with demons. We renounce any theology or belief that says that they have sex with Jesus or God. We renounce this. We repent for all forms of perversion in the body of Christ. Lord, forgive us today for looking on naked bodies where we should not, except for our spouse. Forgive us for fantasizing about other people. Forgive us for entertaining that temptation. Forgive us for touching the unclean thing. Forgive us for visiting websites to do this. Forgive us for talking to others, whether it's the opposite sex or homosexuality, about things we should not touch, such as sex, lust, or any other form of perversion. As you can tell, we're getting to the point. We're getting real with God about it. Forgive us for not protecting the integrity of our ministries by having others present when we minister counsel with the opposite sex to protect our image and the ministry being above reproach. Forgive us for how this idol destroys families, lives, communities, and our nation. Lord, please heal the families who have been affected by this idol. Also, Lord, please heal the ministers who have been engaged in this and deliver them of the spirit of lust. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, now let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 11 I mean 2nd Samuel chapter 11 all right I am doing it in my U version app all right 2nd Samuel second Samuel chapter 11 okay here we go Brian Second <clears throat> Samuel eleven, and it came to pass after the year was expired. All right, pause. Let me give a little precept of what's happening right now to David. David just come out of a huge victorious war. Let me tell you what happened. 
in the previous chapter, in chapter 10, uh, David is weary from battle now in chapter 11 because in chapter 10, he just slew 40,000 horsemen. It says this in verse 18. 40,000 horsemen, 700 chariots, and smote Shabal, the captain. Huge victory. Now he's in his bed and he's tired. And this is where the enemy crept in. So this is the word to us today, to the body of Christ. When you are weak and tired, be careful. That's when the enemy will try to creep in. And that's where I feel like this is one of the open doors to this idol of ministers. Okay? Ministers out there that are weak in the battle may, you know, succumb to this temptation. So right now, Lord, we pray that all ministers and all the bride of Christ will not succumb to this temptation whenever they're weak in battle. Okay, let's go, bride. At the time when kings go forth to battle, but David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel, and they destroyed the children of Ammon and besieged Rabbah. But David tarried still at Jerusalem. He stayed back. And it came to pass in an evening tide that David arose from off his bed and walked upon the roof of the king's house. And from the roof, he saw a woman washing herself. And the woman was very beautiful to look upon. Okay, pause. Think about the internet. He looked. He used his eye gate to look. Here we go. And David sent and inquired after the woman. And one said, is not this Bathsheba, the daughter of Iliam, the <clears throat> wife of Urad the Hittite? And David sent messengers and took her. And she came in unto him, and he lay with her. Wow. For she was purified from her uncleanness, and she returned unto her house. He had sex with her and immediately. And the woman conceived and sent and told David and said, I am with child. Oh my gosh. And David sent to Joab, saying, Send me Urad the Hittite. And Joab sent Urah to David. And when Urah was come unto him, David demanded of him how Joab did, and how the people did, and how the war prospered. And David said to Uriah, Go down to thy house, and wash thy feet. And Urah departed out of the king's house, and there followed him a mess of meat from the king. But Urah slept at the door of the king's house with all the servants of his lord, and went not down to his house. Okay, now this is her husband. This is Bathsheba's husband, Uriah, that he brought him in. King David brought him in and tried to talk him. He's trying to get him to go have sex with his wife to cover up for the affair that he had, and now she's pregnant. So, But he refused to do it. Now he's sleeping at the king's gate. All right. And when they had told David, saying, Uriah went not down unto his house, David said unto Uriah, Camest thou not from thy journey? Why then didst thou not go down unto thine house? And Uriah said unto David, The ark and Israel and Judah abide in tents, and my lord Joab and the servants of my lord are encamped in the open fields. Shall I then go into mine house to eat and to drink and to lie with my wife? As thou livest, and as thy soul liveth, I will not do this thing. All right, Pauls. First of all, he's an honorable man. He's a man walking in an integrity. He's like, I should not go in there and have all this fun with my wife when all these other people are in the battlefield. Oh boy, here we go. And David said to Uriah, Tarry here today also, and tomorrow I will let thee depart. So Uriah abode in Jerusalem. 
Jerusalem that day and the morrow. And when David had called him, he did eat and drink before him, and he made him drunk. And at even, he went out to lie on his bed with the servants of his Lord, but went not down to his house. Did I just hear David tried to get him drunk? Dave, poor old David's trying to do everything to get this man to go sleep with his wife, and he's not doing it. Boy, the desperation we get trying to cover our sins. Amen. And it came to pass in the morning that David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it by the hand of Uriah. And he wrote in the letter saying, Set ye Uriah in the forefront of the hottest battle, and retire ye from him, that he may be smitten and die. Oh. And it came to pass, when Joab observed the city, that he assigned Uriah unto a place where he knew that valiant men were. All right, pause. So now, since David cannot get him to sleep with his wife, David is now trying to have him killed. That is what he's doing. This is the sin that opened the gate. When he had sex with Bathsheba, now she's pregnant, it opened up the gate to the enemy. And now look what's happening, bride. At first, he tries to cover it up. Now the sin of, because uh, the sin of cheating come in, the sin of adultery come in to begin with, but now it's lying and now, look, it has escalated all the way to murder. Open a little door and it wave goes wide when the devil's in it. Amen. And the, the city went out and fought with Joab. And there fell some of the people of the servants of David. And Uriah the Hittite died also. He finally died. Then Joab sent and told David all the things concerning the war. And charged the messenger, saying... When thou hast made an end of telling the matters of the war unto the king, and if so be that the king's wrath arise, and he say unto thee, Wherefore approached ye so nigh unto the city when ye did fight? Knew ye not that they would shoot from the wall? Who smote Abimelech, the son of Jerebosheth? Did not a woman cast a piece of a millstone upon him from the wall, that he died in Thebes? Why went ye nigh the wall? Then say thou, thy servant Uriah the Hittite is dead also. So the messenger went and came and showed David all that Joab had sent him for. Adam. Okay, I just want to pause that he ended up dying. Okay, so David got his way in sin. He got his way, but look what's about to happen. Because listen, all that we do in private, it will come to the to the. Uh, be exposed. Amen. Messenger said unto David, Surely the men prevailed against us, and came out unto us into the field, and we were upon them even unto the entering of the gate. And the shooters shot from off the wall upon thy servants, and some of the king's servants be dead, and thy servant Uriah the Hittite is dead also. Then David said unto the messenger, Thus shalt thou say unto Joab, let not this thing displease thee, for the sword devoureth one as well as another. Make thy battle more strong against the city, and overthrow it, and encourage thou him. Mm. And when the wife of Uriah heard that Uriah her husband was dead, she mourned for her husband. Oh, how sad and when is the that? was passed, David sent and fetched her to his house, and she became his wife, and bare him a son. But the thing that David had done displeased the Lord. 
Wow, what David had done displeased the Lord. Now, I think I consider Bathsheba here, bride. Now, she's a woman, a beautiful woman, loves her husband. Down there on her roof bathing, probably because the sun made the water hot or whatever. But she's on her roof bathing. And then, here's the king. Who can deny the king in those days? Amen. And then he called her into him, and he wanted to have sex with her, and she submitted. And then, at the cost of her husband, I mean, how she must have felt. Now, first of all, she didn't know that King David did this. She's just thinking he went to battle, and he died in the war. So, this is interesting. This is deep, bride. This is how far pornography will take you. Let's keep going. We're in chapter 12 now. Second Samuel 12. And the Lord sent Nathan unto David. And he came unto him, and said unto him, There were two men in one city, the one rich and the other poor. The rich man had exceeding many flocks and herds. But the poor man had nothing save one little ewe lamb, which he had bought and nursed up. And they grew up together with him, and with his children. It did eat of his own meat, and drank of his own cup, and lay in his bosom, and was unto him as a daughter. Oh. And there came a traveller unto the rich man, and he spared to take of his own flock and of his own herd to dress for the wayfaring man that was come unto him, but took the poor man's lamb, and dressed it for the man that was come to him. Hmm. And David's anger was greatly kindled against the man. And he said to Nathan, As the Lord liveth, the man that hath done this thing shall surely die. Okay, pause, pause, pause. I look at this, bride, I look at this in two different ways. And I'm feeling this in the spirit. as One is a minister and one is otherwise. Okay, first of all, God's angry. So now he's about to judge David. So what does he do? It says right there in verse 1. It says, and the Lord sent Nathan, the Lord sent him to come to him and to judge him. And what did he do? He gave him a scenario like Jesus did with the parables. He gave a scenario and he said, well, what if this happened? Well, David turned around and goes, oh, that man should be killed. He's, you know, what he did was terrible. Now, bride, I submit to you before we go any further that this is where the ministers are right now that are dabbling in pornography and sexual perversion. This is where they're at right now. Well, what do you mean? Because we're up there and we're telling people that they should not be sinning. They should not be doing this. They should not be doing pornography, if they even say this. But if they come and counsel them, we're counseling them not to do this, but we are doing it. That's where this is. Let's see what happens. What the Lord does to David. And he shall restore the lamb fourfold because he did this thing and because he had no pity. And Nathan said to David, Thou art the man. Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, oh. I anointed thee king over Israel, and I delivered thee out of the hand of Saul, and I gave thee thy master's house and thy master's wives into thy bosom, and gave thee the house of Israel and of Judah. And if that had been too little, I would moreover have given unto thee such and such things. Pause. 
That is what's about to happen to these ministers. The Lord's going to say, I gave you this country. I gave you this country. I gave you all these blessings. I gave you all this wealth. I did all these things unto you, and you're doing this. This is what he's doing. He's releasing judgment. You know, we have been studying the judgment that's coming. Let's see what happens here, Brian. Therefore hast thou despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight. Mm. Thou hast killed Urah the Hittite with the sword, and hast taken his wife to be thy wife, and hast slain him with the sword of the children of Ammon. Pause, pause, pause. Did God, through his prophet, just tell David, a king, exactly what the idol was that he had done and transgressed against God? Was he real with David? Was he telling him, you did this specific? He was specific. And God wants us to be specific back. We got it. That's what repentance is. Repentance is not just saying, God, heal our nation for all the transgressions we did against you. Bring revival on this land, Lord. No. God wants us to go before him, go before his face, go before his throne, and humbly do just like Moses did, Abraham, all of them. They went before God, God just like God did right here with David. God, we have this idol of sexual perversion and pornography, and we are asking you to forgive us. We're admitting this to your face, God. We're we doing this right now. We're sorry we're taking the sins upon the church on our, on our shoulders. We're taking the nation's sin upon our shoulders, and we're confessing this to you, God. We are sorry, and we're asking you to forgive us. That's exactly what God is doing. God is judging David right now. He's judging him, and he's telling him the truth about what he sees. Let's keep going. This is good stuff, Brad. Therefore, the sword shall never depart from thine house. Because thou hast despised me, and hast taken the wife of Urah the Hittite to be thy wife. Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will raise up evil against thee out of thine own house. Wow. And I will take thy wives before thine eyes, and give them unto thy neighbor. Wow. And he shall lie with thy wives in the sight of this son. For thou didst it secretly, but I will do this thing before all Israel and before the son. Wow, how much does that sound like the word that the Lord gave me? I know I keep saying that, but a lot of people, I told y'all we have these two veins going right now. The one that says blessing, all is peace. Uh, God's about to do this great revival. Uh, all this is happening. But over here, God is saying, get ready, church. Judgment's coming. You need to repent. You need to turn from your wicked ways. But in the word that the Lord gave me for the church in 2018, the Lord said, you have put your image before me. You value your image more than you value my image. You shall die by that image and look at that image throughout eternity. This is what God is saying. Let me ask you something, Brian. Why do we not think that God is still holy? Why do we not think that we still have consequences for our sins? Why do we think that uh, God would change? We, we study this every day. We study the word of God. He's saying right here, now this is David. This is his beloved son. This is the one that danced naked before him in the streets. 
Is there any of us watching this broadcast that's more holier than David was? Come on now. David did one thing. One. He has sex with this woman, has a kid with her, you know, she's pregnant, and he kills the wife. His judgment to him, this is his beloved, the apple of his eye, David. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church this morning. I'm going to read it back to you. This is the judgment that God has for David, his beloved, when he sinned this one time. Okay, now first he relays to David exactly what he did. You've taken his wife to be your wife. You have slain him with the sword and all this. Okay, then he says, Now therefore the sword shall never depart from your house because you have done what you have despised me and have taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your wife. Thus saith the Lord. Now, this is like double whammy what he's about to say when he says, Thus saith the Lord. It's like that much power. Behold, I will raise up evil against you in your own house. This is God to his beloved. When he sinned, and raised up an idol and a stench before his nose. I will raise up evil against thee in your own house. And I will take your wives before your own eyes. That's another thing the Lord told me in the word that I released. He said, I will remove the very idol that is in between me and you. So if you don't repent and turn, he's going to remove it himself. And he also said he will expose. And give them to... oh. I will take your wives before your own eyes and give them to your neighbor. And he shall lie with your wives in the sight of this son. In other words, all this is going to be exposed. I'm going to blow this thing up. Uh, I'm going to have him do it right in front of your face because you did this. Brian, I just cannot tell you what I'm feeling right now. The weight of... The word of the Lord right now. The weight of the truth that is on this word this morning. I'm telling you every day, every day, this Bible study gets meatier and meatier. It is so powerful, bride. I pray that your ears hear what the Spirit is saying to the church in this hour through the words that God is telling us about these idols. Okay? This is his very own beloved boy. This is David. Look how harshly, you know, in our society we think everything should be tolerated and, and God is just love and he's just so uh, positive. That's the word. I hate hearing all this negative stuff. They think there's nothing negative about God anymore. This is God's beloved David that he's bringing this judgment to because he did this. And he said, I will take your wives before your eyes and give them to your neighbor, and he shall lie with your wives in the sight of this son. For thou did it secretly, but I will do this thing before all of Israel and before the son. That is part of the word this year I'm exposing. I am going to show the world the stench 
that I have been smelling of your sin in this country. I'm going to reveal it to the entire planet, what you're doing, and they are going to smell your stench and see your stench. That's exactly what is being said right here with David. This is beloved. This is the one. And then he says, and David said unto, okay, we haven't got that, so let's hear what this, what, let's keep going. And David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And pause, 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 pause. Immediately when we are confronted with an idol, we keep talking about this bride, but this is truth, truth, truth. Cast reason out the window. Don't try to reason with it. Admit it and cut that thing off. And that's what David did. I've sinned. Lord, I've sinned. When the Lord woke me up in that bedroom and he told me, you have a spirit of gluttony. This was, I think, the third day. This is the third day of the uh, 40 days. I woke up and something was keeping me from fasting. I just kept eating. I couldn't fast. And the Lord woke me up on that third day. As soon as my foot hit the ground, he said, you have a spirit of gluttony. And I didn't try to reason it. Lord, my mom just died. I'm sad. You know what I mean? No, there, there's no reasoning. I did it. This, it's the sin that I've done, Lord. So immediately, Lord, I'm, you know, like going low before him, like, Lord, please forgive me. I'm so sorry. You know, I'm not going to reason to God. He tells me I'm doing something. I'm sorry. I renounce. I repent. I did. I said it right then. I renounce you, spirit of gluttony. I command you, grief, spirit of grief, to lead me right now in Jesus' name. See, I felt like that was a gift from God to even reveal that to me. When God brings these idols to the surface, we need to deal with these things, cut them off, cast them out, and get rid of them. We don't need to flirt with them. We don't need to reason with them. We don't need to justify them. Nothing. Get rid of it. God reveals it. Get rid of it. All right, let's keep going. I think that's awesome, though, that David did that. I've sinned. Immediately, I've sinned. Then said unto David, The Lord also hath put away thy sin. Thou shalt not die. How be it? Because by this deed thou hast given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme. The child also that is born unto thee shall surely die. Aww. Let's examine this. Wow, this is some profound revelation happening right now, Brad. This is profound. Alright, now this is the confrontation. This is the confrontation between David and the prophet. The judge and his sin. Okay? Now, this is what he said. Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will raise up evil against thee in your own house. I will take your wives before your eyes. I will give them to your neighbor, and he shall lie with your wives inside the sun. For thou didst it secretly, but I will do this thing before all of Israel and before the sun. And David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And then Nathan turned around to him and said, David... The Lord also put away your sin. You shall not die. That right there, bride, was God saying, I appreciate your honesty. Because at least David was honest with his father. He was honest with his God. So God turned around and said, you shall not die. But you're going to pay a price. 
Howbeit, because by this deed thou hast given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme. Okay, bride, let's talk about this for a minute. Let's consider Job a minute. Okay. Satan came before God to talk about Job. And he's like, you're serving Job. He has so much money. He has all this. He has all that. Look at all these blessings. No wonder he loves you so much because he has all this. And God's like, really? Okay, take it from him and we'll see how he acts. Well, he does. He strips him. And then he comes back and he's still praising the Lord. So then the devil comes back to God and he's like, well, the reason he's doing this is because of this. So see, he keeps accusing, but God keeps uh, showing him that he's lying. What he's saying right here to David, you have caused my enemy to come to me and to, I'm saying, you have caused my enemy. That is what he is saying right here. You have given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme. The child also that is born unto thee shall surely die. In other words, God's saying, okay, I'm not going to let you die, but that child that you conceived in sin is going to die. And do you see, bride, what he's saying about you have caused the enemies to come and blaspheme? Because you have opened the door. In other words, you have opened the door. All right, let's keep going. And Nathan departed unto his house. And the Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife bare unto David. And it was very sick. Okay, pause, pause, pause. Pause. Bride, this is a tidbit of wisdom to you. Listen. I try to tell people that I spiritually mother, I try to tell them, listen, when things happen to you, when calamity comes to your house, whether it's your child, whether it's yourself, whether it's in your home or whatever, the first thing we should do as Christians is get on our face before the Lord and ask why. A lot of people say, that old devil's trying to come in. Well, you know, David could have said that. David could have said that, and he could have said, that old devil, you know what I'm saying? No. What we should do is go before the Lord and ask the Lord, Lord, did we open a door? Did we open a gate for the enemy to come in? See, this is where a lot of the church is in error right now because they quit having, they quit teaching accountability. We're not training the bride to self-examine their own heart. We're not training them to be in the attitude of repentance all the time. We need to be in an attitude of repentance at all times. And whenever calamity comes to our house or tragic things happen, first thing we should do, get on our face. Lord, have I opened the door? Instead of immediately accusing everybody else and blaming everybody else for the problem, and even the devil, when he didn't even do it, you did it because you opened a door, which he wanted in anyway, okay? But because you opened the door to pornography and to perversion, it allowed the enemy to come in and wreak havoc in your family. Number one, if you're the father, 
I feel the fire of God right now. If you're the father and you're the head of that household, you're the priest of that household, and you open the door to pornography, and you open the door to sexual perversion, you open the floodgates for the enemy to come right in and wreak havoc on your whole family. You're the king. You're the head of the house. I feel the fire of God because, look, what did Nathan tell him? And who was David? He was the king of the entire land. David was the king of his entire family. And what did Nathan say? I feel God so much on this, Brad. Let me tell you. Now, therefore, the sword shall never depart from your house, this is verse 10, because thou hast despised me and hast taken the wife of Uriah. Behold, I'll raise up evil against thee out of thine house. House. This is David, the head. The head of his house and the head of his land. When you open the door to pornography and you open the door to sexual perversion and you're the head of the household, you open the gates to the entire family to reap them. So let's say something happens to your child. Something happens to your wife. First thing you should do is get on your face. Lord, what have I done? Have I opened the gates somewhere? See, people don't believe this. People think... Everything is the devil's fault. They have no accountability to their own heart. They don't have repentance. And of course, people don't know, honestly, because they've not been taught. They've not been discipled. They've not been taught about repentance. They've not been taught about accountability. So when calamity comes at your house, get on your face before God and ask Him, Lord, what gates did I open? What doors did I open? And when God tells you, when he says, you have watched pornography, you have, you have participated in sexual perversion, immediately cast that idol off. Lord, please forgive me, just like David did. You may still have to pay the consequences, but you won't have to pay the great one. And see, the words that have been coming down the pipe for 2018 about all the judgment that's coming, is the Lord said time and time again, I've tried to get you to repent, you will not repent. You will not repent. So now your stench is going to go right out in front of the whole world to see. If we repent, it may not be as bad, the judgment that's coming. It may not be as bad. But I encourage all of you, Brian, please examine your own heart. Whenever calamity comes, don't blame anybody else except yourself. Get on your face and ask God. All right, let's keep going, Brian. Uh, I think we're on verse 16. Let's see here. Alright, right there, catch on to what David did. He fasted. He admitted to God what he did. He heard the judgment that was given to him, and then he fasted. He got on his face. He's like, oh my gosh, Lord, you're going to take my son. What am I going to do? Let's keep going. Him to raise him up from the earth. But he would not, neither did he eat bread with them. And it came to pass on the seventh day that the child died. Aww. And the servants of David feared to tell him that the child was dead, for they said, Behold, while the child was yet alive, we spake unto him, and he would not hearken unto our voice. Aww. How will he then vex himself if we tell him that the child is dead? But when David saw that his servants whispered, David perceived that the child was dead. Therefore David said unto his servants, Is the child dead? And they said, He is dead. Bride, 
can you imagine how he feels? I'm just feeling this in my heart right now, how terrible that must have been. He's been on his face before God for seven days, not eating nothing. He has been on his face crying out to God and repenting, telling him how sorry he is. Laying his life down, praying. And then when he found out that God did take his son, let's see what happens. David arose from the earth and washed and anointed himself and changed his apparel and came into the house of the Lord. Wow. Do y'all catch on to what's happening right here? He saw the judgment. The Lord took his son. He's like, okay, so be it. The Lord did what he said he's going to do. He rises up. He cleans himself, which means the repentance. He's washing off like a new man. He's like, okay. And then he anointed himself. Why do you think he did that, Brad? He probably anointed himself because he's like, let it be so, Lord. Let it be so. Let your judgments be so, Lord. I honor you in my life. I give it to you. I did this thing. I accept my responsibility of what I did. That's the way I take him anointing himself after he received the judgment of the Lord of what he did with Bathsheba and the child. This is so good, bride. This word is so meaty this morning. Let's keep going. We're in verse 20. And worshiped. Then he came to his own house. And when he required, they set bread before him and he did eat. Aww. Then said his servants unto him, what thing is this that thou hast done? Thou didst fast and weep for the child while it was alive, but when the child was dead, thou didst rise and eat bread. Oh. And he said, While the child was yet alive, I fasted and wept, for I said, Who can tell whether God will be gracious to me, that the child may live? But now he is dead. Wherefore should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, but he shall not return to me. Oh. And David comforted Bathsheba, his wife, and went in unto her, and lay with her. And she bare a son, and he called his name Solomon. And the Lord loved him. Wow! Bam! In your face, devil! Isn't that exciting, bride? Wow! Think about what happened here. Alright. He does this evil deed. He goes out there and he kills you right. And then God sends this prophet to come to him and say, well, what about this little, you know, he gives him a little scenario and then David's like, oh, that person should be killed. Throw the gavel down, you know. And then the prophet turns around and said, this is you, David. And when he told him what he did, David immediately went low in repentance. Lord, please, forgive. I'm sorry I did this. He admitted it. And then God turned around and said, I'm going to take your son for you doing this. He gets on his face. And he tells you. I'm not going to kill you. Which we believe. It's because he told the truth. Right? So David gets down on his face. Repents before the Lord. Seven days. He does not eat. And he cries out to the Lord. And when he heard that the judgment had passed. And God did decide to take his child. He rose up from there. Like it is done. It is so. I love you anyway Lord. And I'm, you know, sorry. Anointed himself. Consecrated himself. I'm a new man. All that behind me. And what did the Lord tell him, Bride, when he was judging him? He said, I forgive you. He already let him know. I forgive you. So when he anointed himself, to me, I look at it like a baptism. 
He is cleansing himself. Okay, I'm a new person. I wiped off that sin. I repented of it. I lost my son. I paid the price. Now I'm stepping into the new. And look what happened, Brad. He got with his wife, and they had a son named Solomon. And we all know the story of Solomon. This is where Jesus comes in. And what did he say? The Lord loved him. So, so far, Brad, before we even go further, we can examine the price of pornography and sexual perversion. It will open up so many doors to not just you, but to your family, to your ministry, to your community, and to your nation. It is a terrible, terrible door to open. So, one of the big nuggets of today to remember is this. If calamity comes to your house, if it comes to your spouse, if it comes to your children, if it comes to your home, if it comes here, if it comes there, first thing we should do is get on our face, Lord, what door have we opened? And be accountable to our own self and to God for what we have opened the door to. Because, Bride, this is the truth. When you are a child of the Most High God, you walk in a bubble. Do you not know this? You walk in a bubble of His glory and His protection. And, and we have angels around us. And we walk in this uh, authority because we have the inheritance of heaven with us. We have the great cloud of witnesses with us. And we're walking really in a bubble inside this kingdom. The devil does not have a right to just sit and torture you. You know, we have to open doors unless we're in the testing, okay? If we're in the testing, in the purging, sifting, trying, and testing like Job, then he can try to come at you through all this and then God is testing your heart. In the meantime, we have to keep our heart right with God. Another good tidbit for us to know this morning is that we cannot control what anybody else on planet earth does. We cannot control our spouse, our children, our pastor, nobody else. But what we have learned through these 40 days of Bible studies, well now today is day number 34. We have learned that we are held accountable to God for our own self. We can only change ourselves. We cannot change anybody else. And this is what God is trying to get across to us about these idols. Okay, these idols that are coming down the pike and being exposed to the country, examine it in your own heart. All the team members have been doing this. We have been answering to God about these idols for ourselves as well as for the nation and for the bride of Christ. Okay? So we must examine ourselves. All right? Because we cannot change anybody else. And you know something else that's come out through the word, bride? If you're in a pastor, if you're under a pastor and he is sinning, if he is teaching false doctrine and lies, you, you will be held accountable for sitting under that and listening. Yes, we have learned that in the word of God. Did you know I didn't even know that? I didn't know. And we are in the great falling away right now. There are people following by the millions these people on national TV, they are following them right off the cliff with their false uh, teachings and perversions. And if we go along with that, we are participating in that sin. That's like if we vote for people that are ungodly, we're participating in that sin. 
If you vote for somebody that is for abortion, their blood is on your hands every child that is killed if that person gets in office. What? That sounds so harsh. Yes, because it's the truth. You have participated in that sin. When you sit under a teacher and they are teaching false doctrine, and you are aware that this is false doctrine, but you're staying there because you're loyal to them or you're whatever other reason you get benefits out of staying under this teaching, you will be held accountable to God for it. We have learned that in the Word of God because we can only answer for ourselves. Just like what happened with Moses. Moses said, God, I take all that, what they've done about that golden calf, I take it upon myself, God, please judge me. Let my people of the children of Israel go, Lord. And what did God say? No, Moses, they did this to themselves, and they are going to answer for their own sins. And God has been telling us that this whole 40 days about these idols, okay? So we are just examining our own heart. Okay, let's finish out this chapter. Let's keep going. And he sent by the hand of Nathan the prophet, and he called his name Jedidiah because of the Lord. And Joab fought against Rabbah of the children of Ammon and took the royal city. And Joab sent messengers to David and said, I have fought against Rabbah and have taken the city of waters. Now therefore, gather the rest of the people together and encamp against the city and take it lest I take the city, and it be called after my name. Yeah. And David gathered all the people together, and went to Rabbah, and fought against it, and took it. And he took their king's crown from off his head. Wow. The weight whereof was a talent of gold, with the precious stones, and it was set on David's head. Wow. And he brought forth the spoil of the city in great abundance. So God's blessing and he brought forth the people that were therein, and put them under sores, of iron and made them pass through the brick kiln and thus did he unto all the cities of the children of Ammon. so David and all the people returned unto Jerusalem okay what we learned by the end of that chapter bride is that God turned around and blessed this man he ended up winning the war in other words he sinned he admitted it to God he confessed God come down with the judgment. He accepted God's judgment because God is higher than him. God thinks differently than we do. He accepted it, repented, anointed himself as this new man, moved on, and then God blessed him. God gave him Solomon, and God's given him wars to win. And then what does Solomon do when Solomon comes up and becomes a king? He builds the great temple. See, it's amazing uh, what God will do for us when we are honest with him. And I pray that if nothing else over these last 34 days of these Bible studies and dealing with these idols is that we have learned that we need to be honest with God and we need to be specific. We need to be specific when we repent. Not generic repentances, but specific. Lord, I sinned when I did this. I sinned when I did that. Because God wants to know that we know what we have done. We will answer for it here or we'll answer for it over there. 
It's better to be judged here on earth. This is why the judgment that's coming down the pike is not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Because he needs his people to get out of their own stupor. To get out of their own lovers that they have created above him out of all these idols that we have built before him in this nation. It's a good thing to be judged because we are being corrected by our loving father. You know that you as a father, you correct your children. You have to whip them. You have to tell them no. You have to say, why did you do that? It's the same concept. Tough love is good love. Showing somebody the truth, telling them the truth is real love. It is not love when people tickle your ears at all. It means they have an ulterior motive. Most of the time it's money. Or power. They could have power is, is just as much seducing as money. We want truth at all costs. Because we want to please God and not man. All these idols have addressed all these things. Alright, Bride, well, I got to get off here and get on my team so we can address this idol. Uh, God bless y'all and I pray that you have a good day today. And also, I want to say thank you to all those that watch these uh, morning Bible studies. Thank you for doing this with me. God bless you.